0: get ready for the world's greatest arsenal podcast welcome to another podcast by guns and yellow ribbons enjoy the show
1: Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode by uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I just, I, Trev, your phone rang just before we started. And literally, as I pressed the music, my mother-in-law's called me on the other line. So I'm going to, have to give a call back in a minute. I'll leave you guys chat. But um, yeah, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons, and Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fa- uh, fans. Um, lads, how are we doing? Trevor, uh, you are starting to build up your little collection in the background, I can see, in your
0: uh, new Ruth Beck wing. Yeah, slowly taking shape, slowly taking shape. I've got curtains up as well now, which is nice. Um, still not found me me, me light and I've still not found me notebook and that, but we're getting there slowly but surely. I just keep I can't all I've done since Saturday is sing sixty million down and, <laughs> and I apologise for anyone that's just got it out of there and it's gone back in again, but that's how it is, you know. we uh Yeah. And my
1: commiserations go out to Donna because I've done 13 hours sitting with you going on a plane and everything else, and 60 million down there. Once you get an earworm, boy, do you get an earworm. It is is definitely difficult. Alex, how are you doing?
2: Very well. It was good to have club football back. Uh, Feels like a long time since we've been on the podcast, um, and that national team break felt like forever. Um, so yeah really good to have club football back with all the results as well um, so yeah good weekend um, to
1: start off the week and dan your first trip to the gtech hour, the uh, um brentford community stadium as it was before it was sponsored uh, a good trip good i'll see with some of the lads and some of the photographs and stuff like that uh, a good trip and well worth the, the wait in the end wasn't it
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always a good trip when we win, right? So that's the main thing. And yeah, as Alex said, results this weekend went all our way. So in terms of football, brilliant to be back and getting rid of that boring rubbish that was the England games that we watched over the international break. And uh, yeah, Spurs continuing their mighty downfall from when they won the league a few weeks ago, which is making things even better for me. And their fans crawl back under their rock and a little bit more quiet and yeah, walking in walking in the gym on a Monday afternoon uh, just now was fantastic. You see all of the Spurs fans that they used to come out and they're at you and all of a they're back out to the size. Don't want to talk to you. Don't want to make eye contact and back where they belong. Yeah.
1: Listen, before we continue, we can't uh, go on without saying, um, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, Terry Venables. Um, sadly, he died uh, on Sunday. Um, I, to be honest, my memory is mostly of Terry Venables. Probably similar to some of you younger guys, in the sense of a bit of Barcelona, but more Euro '96 and his involvement with Tottenham. Trevor, you will probably know, been indigenous to the country and been following football since 1886. Uh, you will, um, <laughs> you'll probably know a bit more.
0: I, I do remember. I remember Terry Venables well playing for Tottenham. Um, <clears throat> but at times like this, you put rivalries like that aside, don't you? And you think about the family and, and you just pay your respects, whatever team you support. Um, he was a damn fine manager of England. Apparently, I never met him, but he was apparently a damn fine man. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a sad loss. He, he was a chirpy He wasn't he? Always a bit cheeky, you know, Cockney boy. And uh, yeah, sad loss, sad loss.
1: Hmm. Alex, uh, any memories? I know, I've been living in Denmark. are probably it'll probably be Euros Euro ninety six. How old were you then? Were you born? No, no, that was three years before I was born. So I don't really have
2: too much memory. No. But I could see the the impact he had because tonight. it was all tonight. over Twitter, and even even Arsenal fans had great words to say about him. So
0: I yeah. can't do this tonight. Now I can't do it. Well, I- it's crossed my mind before, right? Alex wasn't born <laughs> in Euro ninety six.
1: <laughs> oh we, we, we've, done, we've done this topic before, before. I'll come back to that. Let, let's talk about your memories first, um, Dan, because we spoke briefly beforehand. Yeah, similar to what you guys just said obviously, winning the league with Barcelona
3: and, and losing to the Germans in the, in the Euros, and obviously being one of the only or well, one of the very few managers that's actually won a trophy for, for them lot. So it must have been pretty decent if he can get them lot over the line. So Um, I can't believe, though, Ferg, that you've tried to wing it and put yourselves on our side with me and Alex as the younger ones. Mate, you get back up there with Trev. You ain't on our
1: side. (laughs) No, no, no. It's only because I wasn't in the country. That was all uh, until then. You thought about about people who won a trophy for for Tottenham. It is quite ironic that uh, George Graham and Terry Venables, uh, Terry Venables, um, on his wedding day, that George Graham was his best man. And they're the only two people
0: uh, to win trophies uh, for that lot down the road. You see, they were both at Chelsea Ferg At the same time, I believe, George Graham and Terry Venables, I think I think they both played for Chelsea about the same time, if I remember rightly. Um, we got George Graham off of Chelsea. We, we swapped him for a player called Tom Baldwin. who turned out to be an half-decent player for Chelsea. Yeah, so... I believe I'm going to get proved wrong, maybe, but I think Venables and Graham played together in their very, very, very younger years for Chelsea.
1: Okay, okay. Well, listen. Condolences to all uh, his family and and anybody associated uh, to him, and you know, uh, yeah, we'll we'll think fondly of him. But you're talking there um, about. Uh, Alex, not being born in in 1996. We talked about this before when we talked about Highbury versus um, the new stadium. There are people, there are people, and I think it was Dan that brought this up in a conversation we had before. There were people that have never seen anybody but Arsene Wenger manage manage Arsenal, and now obviously Arteta and, and Emery and so. But also there are some people who go to that stadium now who have never set foot inside Highbury. Can you imagine that? Trev never set foot inside Highbury.
0: Well, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? You know, it's such mm. a shame that the, that the, the eventually the memory of Highbury will will pass, you know, as we move through the years. Hopefully not for a while yet. But yeah, that's what happens, Matey, when you move to new stadiums. You know, the youngsters come through and and but I think I think that, that help will help helps has helped to change the atmosphere of the Emirates as well as everything that Dan. And the 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 lads of Dan's like have done, you know, if, if all you've ever known is the Emirates, that's home, isn't it? So, yeah, we, old codgers like me going on about hybrid this and hybrid that, we're gradually going to get fewer and fewer. So, yeah, we move stadium, times change, um, hybrid is in the history books, and that's where it will stay, mate.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, I've got me Ruth Beck, Ben Kinsler, North London Forever pin badge on. Um So thank you, Ruth, for that. And uh, she's raised £601. I have some Ruth Becks over there. I know you've named half your house after her. But um the, the, uh, she's uh, raised £601 so far for the Ben Kinsler Trust. So well done, Ruth. Keep it going. Uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Listen, international break, not a lot happened. I, I suppose Arsenal-wise, the most important thing that really happened, Alex, was Jesus got 90 minutes uh, in the Argentina-Brazil game. Which Sorry, means, I've, I've, I've got you know, to
3: stop you there, Ferg. I've, I've, I'm just looking at both of your walls, and um, I must say, I think Travis is a little bit straighter than yours. I think you need to get your ruler and your... Uh, <laughs> it, it, you you know what it is? Yeah,
4: you
1: right. know what it is? That every time I open or close a door, one of those move, and I just need I, to get... I can't unsee it, it now, and it's really annoying me. I'm going to have to... <laughs>
4: I know, my camera,
1: all, also, my ca- my camera's on a slight angle as well. Yeah, there is a couple of them that are a bit crooked, but don't worry, they're up there. They're nice. It's lovely. Look. See you uh, know what's
0: really funny? Excuses. I've been doing this with fingers crossed tonight, lads, because Donna's put these on the wall because she insists, because she gets the, the spaces isn't right and the, she gets them straight. But she's used them Command Velcro strips on them, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, one of them is going to fall off that wall yeah. one of them is fall off that. I've got my fingers crossed that they don't, but it could happen.
1: And for all you people listening on audio, and I know a lot of you do, this is the time where you should be on YouTube watching it. Go watch this episode, episode 278, and uh, then hit the subscribe button as well. Um, but nothing nothing like of major influence happened in... Like, Badly in the um, in the luckily, international yeah. break, luckily. But Jesus uh, did become playing, as I said, nineteen ninety seven minutes for for um, for the Brazil side, which meant he was available for um, selection against Brentford. Um, I suppose the only other things that have been happening in the international break was um, following on from the Newcastle game and Mikel Arteta's uh, conversation with regards to the match officials that have been disgraceful, etc., uh, he had to answer his, to his charges last Friday. De from Brighton, who also um, spoke uh, quite openly, Dan, about um, his dislike of 80% of the match officials. Uh, yet again, he gets away with a, a warning, and a, I don't don't think he even got a fine. What, what are you expecting, and what's your thoughts over like how this is panning out?
3: I mean, what I'm expecting is the same thing that's happened the last... 12 to 18 months is that everyone gets on Arteta's back because they seem to have a grudge against a, a man outside of the Arsenal fan base. But um, honestly, it's a ridiculous situation because we've we've got we've got what is a closed shop that you can't criticise now. And I don't know any other entity or anything around the world where an institute of that standing can't be questioned. And it's quite worrying, in my opinion, that things like that, you can't question them because that is what opens doors to a lack lack of integrity and and other bits that we've mentioned um it just points more towards corruption every single day when when you see things like this happen so um i one wouldn't would be a strong voter of an independent um commission outside of what we currently have and uh, i think those days need to come
1: pretty soon Trevor, before we move on to the, the Brentford game, give us your thoughts, because I know you were you were vis, vis viscerous um on, on
0: uh on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Ferg, listen, mate, I, I was gonna keep it off of here because we've 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 done it to death, haven't we? But since you've started mm. off, since you've lit the blue touch paper, mate, <laughs> I'm, I'm not letting you go on Twitter. I'm never letting you go on Twitter, and I'm not letting you go for football. I make that statement quite plainly and quite clearly. I'm not letting it go for football, not for Arsenal, not for, but for football. I mean, we've now got the situation that Dan just explained, whereby, uh people that are really bad at their jobs, are being protected from criticism. It's like it it beggars belief. It be, I'm really bad, but you can't criticise me. You know. And, oh, it's awful. And, and and I don't know about you boys. Maybe it's just me being old, but. This so called Billy Bullcrap panel that made the decision on whether the Newcastle and the Arsenal Newcastle goal against Arsenal was acceptable or not. I'd never heard of them before them they appeared, and I've never heard of them since, have you? So was that something they just put together to try and placate us fans and think we're gonna go away? Not sure and there was a
2: member from PGMOL in that panel as well. So
0: I watched the game uh, yesterday and there were pushes in the back. I watched I, I look for them. I'm 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 like infatuated with it. I'm I've gone in the head with it. <laughs> um it's I'm looking at all, every game for pushes, you know, and there were pushes in the back that were given yesterday that were you know the, the, the Liverpool goalkeeper he got away with them real that
2: was soft, that you was know? very soft,
0: <laughs> you know, mm. and then there's ones being given that that are nowhere near what, what happened to Gabriel, it's just it beggars belief. And I know I know people are saying that um, VAR is down to the people using VAR, not VAR itself. Absolutely agree. And, and and a really interesting point, before we move on, Ferg, a really interesting point we've made this week. And it's worth saying, the players don't help themselves, right? We moan about the referees, but we should also be moaning about the professional players because they go down at the slightest touch, Right. The slightest touch, they're rolling on the floor, crying and screaming when no one's been near them. And yet they're moaning that the referees are not getting every decision right. Well, if you want the referees to get every decision right, boys, play the game. Play the game properly. Don't be play-acting and diving on the floor. Give them a bit of a chance. So there is a bit of a, you know, bit of a two sides to it there. But as for the pushing the back, it's never going away. Every week it's happening. Every week. Right, I'm done, for. I'm done.
1: That's all right. So as we were going into this game, it was uh, um, uh, Mick Lartet's 199th game. I was going into his 200th game. He'd won 115, drawn 34, and had 50 defeats. Um, uh, the, no other manager in the uh, other nine managers who had reached the milestone of of 200 games have um, achieved as much as as, as uh, Arteta has. Alex, it's what a hell of an achievement, isn't it? And he's since gone to even exceed that again by winning in we which we know about. Yeah, I think. Look, we were all
2: sceptical when he took over the job. Um, I mean, we had Unai Emery first of all after after Wenger, and he. He couldn't really lift the burden of taking us back to our glory days. Then we got Freddie in for a couple of games and then then Arteta came. And I mean, when you look at the squad he inherited, um, when we played Brentford two years ago and lost um, in, in the first game of the season, I think it was, um, yeah. when you look back at that squad, um, it was only Martinelli who played that day, who's still in the squad. So, I mean, he's completely... Um, revamped our squad and it's a whole different feeling around the club now and he's he's taken us back to where where we're supposed to be and and we're competing and um he obviously won won the fa cup as well um quite quickly after he took over so i think he's exceeded a lot of our expectations um already and now he just needs to take it to the next level and win one of those big titles that we're so desperate after
1: Mm we went into the Brentford game. Uh, Man City and, and Liverpool had drawn, so it gave us the opportunity to go top. Uh, the lineups: uh, Jesus started. Ben White wasn't available um, for selection because he he didn't pass a fitness uh, test in in training. Um, Odegaard and Jesus were available for the first time uh, since uh, for five weeks been out. Raya didn't play for obvious reasons because uh, it was his. Um, home club that he was playing or his own owned club, whatever the way that, uh, you, the way you do it. So Ramsdale was in. Uh, looking at the that lineup with Ramsdale, Tomyasso, Saliba, Gabriel Zinjenko, then you'd Rice, Trossard, Odegaard, Saka, Martelli, Jesus. Really, really attacking side. What what t- sort of lineup uh, formation do you think we were playing with that? Because we normally do like a four, three, three or five, you know,
3: I mean, the, the, the one that stood out for me, I, I'd say in that in that team, it's pretty much our strongest team other than I was surprised Trossard played in, in the role that he did as an eight. Um, I think he played there because of how well he'd done in the last couple of games. And I think quite rightly, I think Arteta's trying to stick with guys that were in form and playing well and, and reward them for for their performances. Um, I do think it was a bit of a strange one to go into this game. Um, I would have liked the, the likes of maybe a Jorginho alongside him. Um, Rather than rather than Trossard, but um, I, I don't think that we've we're still lacking another midfielder. And I, uh, you know, if, if Partey was fit, fit, I've got no sort of thought other than he'll start with Rice alongside him in this sort of game where you, where you're playing against a team like Brentford. But um, I think we just lack a few options. But yeah, I, that that was the only surprise for me. Other than that, I would say best best lineup that we've got at the moment
1: trevor it wasn't the most exhilarating game to watch in the world uh the most excitement we had all came from the arsenal players in the first half um you know what, what did you make of the I suppose the lineup and and how we how we came out and we started a bit bright but brentford really really tried to do a job on us and tried to prevent uh any, any you know options so they, 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 they put two men on martinelli two men on Saka, and and really did restrict us down to forcing it down the middle
0: yeah, it, I looked at the lineup and I was happy with the lineup. Um, I, I do think that, that that Trossard's been playing well the last couple of games, but he's been playing further forward. So Dan's right in what he says. It's a bit of a concern in playing that, in that little bit of a deeper role. But if I'm honest with you, Ferg, if I'm honest with everybody, when I look at that lineup, I, I don't worry about defence. I, I think where's a goal going to come from? Uh, it, our main striker doesn't score many goals, you know? So. The, the, someone like Saka or Martinelli or Trossard or Odegaard or even 60 million down the drain Havertz have got to chip in with a goal or two when they're on the field, you know, so that that is my main hope. When I see that that team, I think we're all right at the back. I'm happy with it at the back. I'm happy, I'm very happy with the midfield and what we create. I'm happy with Jesus, his work rate, the, the lad runs his nuts off, but he doesn't score enough goals, you know. So I look at that lineup and think, Where's the, I want a goal to come here? I need a goal. Brentford are a cracking side at home, you know, they've not lost many games, they've only lost games to us at home recently. So you think, Where's a goal going to come from? I hope one of our attacking midfield lads slots one in because I'm not confident that our centre forward will.
1: Alex, did you, did you have the similar concerns?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, Defensively we've been so so good. I mean, the numbers don't don't lie. We're the best team defensively in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, it, it was more offensively. And I think, um, whereas he's found what he likes defensively at zeta I think he's still sort of scrambling around to find out what, what's the best thing offensively to do. Um, so he's still sort of moving moving the puzzle around. Um, and that's probably why we saw Trossard come in. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been doing well, as you said, Trossard. So I think it was fair enough he got rewarded and and played again. Um, I was a bit surprised to see actually all three Brazilians start, um, considering they played uh 90 minutes nearly all of them um against Argentina a couple of days ago in a quite fierce game. Uh, but I mean, good to see that Jesus is back fit. Um, good to see Odegaard is back fit again. Um, I think you could see he was still sort of trying to get get up to pace. He looked a bit tired, didn't have his best game. Um, So hopefully he'll be um, back in sort of the form we saw him last season where he scored a lot of goals um, because we need those goals this season because we haven't got that 20-goal striker um, or 20-goal player that Liverpool and City have.
3: I don't know about you guys, but I'm not I'm not as worried as people say they are, to be honest with you. I, I think at the moment we're doing so well defensively that I always believe that we're gonna nick a goal in the game. You know, I, I, I fully agree we probably need another another striker and a goal scorer. Um but if we if we continue with our current defensive record, I honestly think we'd win the league. So I think it is it maybe ten goals conceded in 13 or something along those lines. Yeah. You know, you want, to, you want to prorate that over a season and say 30 goals, 29, 30 goals. If we have a record of conceding 29 or 30 goals by the end of the season, I think we'll win the league. And you know, we, I... we'll get games like today and like Brentford, where we won if a goal. We've got enough talent where I believe that we will score in every single game at least once. So
1: keep a clean sheet. I and we'll win. I hear you and look, George Graham was was one for like one nil to the Arsenal and everything else but James has got a really good point and I mentioned about doubling up on Martelli and Saka so by them doubling up it did create more space uh, in the center of the park and we, we we didn't seem to exploit that and and there was times and I I pick up on what Trevor said about wondering where the goals were coming from there was times that the players that you would hope to be scoring goals seemed to be so so deep that you needed the ball to go up the middle and be release Harland a number nine. We we read I, Dan. I really think if we had a number nine, then yeah, no problem. We we got we got um, win the league. Not
3: I'm not so sure about that comment. I I agree with what the sentiment is, where you double up wide and you concede space elsewhere, but where you concede the space isn't on the edge of the box. You know you, they drop into a formation where they concede the space in the in our two thirds of the pitch and in their third of the pitch, they're still um, you know pretty tight and and combative there. So. What we need to do is is learn to break down a low block, you know, and and they know our main threat is wide and they do double up on it, which which works. Um it's more a case of as opposed to Martinelli and Saka, maybe cutting back on the on on sort of the cutting inside and, and crossing the ball deep as we did to the back post. It'll be someone else that does that. It'll be an Erdegaard that picks up the ball, it'll be the other eight, whoever plays on the other side, maybe a Havertz or a Trossard or someone that that does that um I think you will just start to see assists come from other areas if teams set up like that against us really um but they concede space in front of their their midfield block not not behind it
0: I mm-hmm. think that's <laughs> exactly right Fergot I think that as splitting it down the middle taking defense defensive work and scoring goals as long as we're our is as solid as it is now which is been the basis of the good Arsenal teams re- in the recent past, you know. If our if our defence is as solid as it has been, then we can. We're always capable of nicking a goal. We're always capable of nicking a goal. If we had to go out and like say Liverpool eighty nine, if we had to go somewhere and win by two clear goals, then I'd be thinking I wouldn't mind an Alan Smith on here. You know, I wouldn't mind an Ian right on here. Mm. You know, I wouldn't mind obviously a Thierry Henry on here. Um, but as long as our defence is holding solid, we can nick a goal, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to see a striker. My God, I want to see a striker badly. Because when you look at, I mean, it worked against Brentford. It worked. Our plan B worked. We bought Havertz on and won, he won us the game. But when you look at, our, in general, our plan A and our plan B, they're very much alike, you know. And I want our plan B to give us a different perspective. And that's where a big striker comes in for me.
1: Mm, yeah, no, I, t- listen, I, it, it was always going to be a difficult game. And I don't think anybody thought we'd go to to, to Brentford. Not many teams go to Brentford and and get the three points. I know we have uh, beaten them twice uh, the, the last two games and we beat them uh, in the League Cup as well. But as Alex pointed out, the very first game that we played, yeah, we did have COVID and various bits and pieces. The first game on a Friday night that fans were back, there was lots of different factors um, uh, but you know there there are teams like we talked before we came on. Man City have lost there. They they, they are a difficult time. And Thomas Frank's is uh, a really really good manager. There was also the factor, Alex, that uh, you know uh, David Rea, who is our keeper, um, couldn't play. Uh, so Aaron Ramsdale, which is the fans' keeper uh, in a, in a, in a lot of cases, he he did he did take some stick from from the crowd. And do you th- do you think that that got to to Aaron? at time, especially in the first half? Because I, I, I do feel he grew into the game. He definitely
2: grew into the game. Um, and I think it probably got to him a little bit, but I think it was as much as the fact that he hasn't really played much this season. So mm. obviously, it's going to be a bit rusty um, when he hasn't really got many games under his belt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't look too good, especially in the first half. I almost got to a point where I thought we can't keep him in gold for the whole game. And you could see, sort of, Arteta. He, he wanted to to um, to change the tactics a bit because he he was um, afraid of passing it short. So he told uh, Aaron to go go along every every time. Um, and when he did that, he sort of gained a bit more confidence. And then he slowly started to work his way into the game and had a a bit more of short passes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good good to see him get a clean sheet uh, in the end. Um, which was important, of course, but ah, oh, um, I mean, I was sick to my stomach watching most of that game because um, I just felt so bad for him, um, for Ramsdale. Uh, it wasn't nice to watch, so I'm just glad that it ended up in a good way.
1: Oh, there was two key errors that stood out. The first one we've just seen while you were talking, Alex. Uh, yeah, Dan. The second, uh, the you know, Brentford didn't capitalise. They should have capitalised on that. They they were poor Especially in the first in the way. Especially the first one, but Declan Rice's performance as well, and Declan Rice's reading of that ball and being the last man on the line, it did remind me back of like Colin Winterburn on the line of, of that sort of era.
3: Rice is the guy that's going to step up when you really need a guy to dig in. You know, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna have free flowing attacking games, and he probably won't go as you know we go a bit unnoticed. But when when we a game like this, a game like the Crystal Palace game when we went down to ten men and that sort of game where a leader steps up and he's going to be that guy. But just, just back to Ramsdale, I mean, I, I agree with Alex. I, I just felt so sorry for him. And I think there, there are certain people that need to step up and accept a bit of responsibility for that. And for me, there's three people. Uh, Arteta has caused it, no doubt. I think that's come from his mismanagement, in my opinion. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we should be afraid to call him out at times. And it's very rare that I ever do call out Arteta because I do actually agree with an awful lot of what he does. Um, I think he could have handled that better. I think the fans have also caused it and need to be a bit responsible because I think we've we've created that pressure. As has, and I'm not going to call him out as Dutch, but Ramsdale's dad I think that has also caused a bit of pressure on his own son. And the combination of him, Arteta, and the fans have put pressure on Ramsdale to have to perform in this game. And I'm not surprised the lads made mistakes. You know, he's he's under so much pressure that he's pretty much feeding into that game. This is the game I've got to save my Arsenal career. And, and of course he's made a few mistakes and he's being pressured into play a certain way which i think is not his game and you see after that first mistake he made where we very nearly conceded the goal we had a goal kick and he did the exact same thing and i was watching from the stands and i think it was in waymo that was on the edge of the area and he's he, he's like a he's like a sprinter ready to run at him and he, he should have just gone long he should have just relieved pressure but he knows he's going to get criticized if he plays it long and that he's, he's probably not going to be back in again so I feel really sorry for him. But what I would say is, I think after that, he recovered really well. And I think he had a good performance after that. Um,
1: I just think it's a shame that he made those mistakes. Trev, Dan raises a few good points. Uh, One, which he's slightly wrong on because he didn't improve in the first half after that. There was this error where he uh, went to pass the ball out and he threw it into the ground. I I think it's just the weirdest, weirdest thing happens. And it's probably just stuck to his glove or something like that. But the points that... That um, Dan makes about there's three people, uh, three sets of people responsible. It is a really good point. Like Arteta, I spoke to you on on Sunday, and I was actually annoyed that Ramsdale was put in that position. And like Nick, his dad, I, I, I we've we've met him. He's a, a lovely guy and everything else. I'm not sure of, of what he did with Sophie, and and that, and I've, I've spoken to Sophie since. Uh, on the Highbury squad, and I think we spoke as well, has done. Nick, Aaron, are the Arsenal uh, very good, but the fans uh, also have an element of responsibility singing his name when Ray is in goal. Uh, we have made him a fan's favourite, and you know he's a victim of his popularity uh, among the fans. What's your thoughts on on his first half performance, those two errors, and and what Dan brought up?
0: But you've got to go back right to before the game even starts. Right, Rams Ramsdale sat in the dressing room before the game, right? And from what we saw from the other players, they'd have all been G'ing him up and backing him up because they were wonderful with him, the other players on the field. But you got to go into Ramsdale's head a little bit, right? And you, you you've got to think about what's the lad thinking sat in that dressing room. He didn't do anything wrong, really, to get dropped in the first place, right? He wasn't bad, he didn't do anything wrong. Raya's come in and although Ray has not been bad, I, I don't think he's been better than Ramsdale, right? So Ramsdale is going out there, nerves are jangling because anyone would be nervous in that situation and he'll have it in his head, does it matter what I do, Ray's going to come back in because I did nothing wrong in the first place. And then he's going to be thinking, is this the last game I'll ever play for the Arsenal? A club that Ramsdale clearly loves, you know, a club that Ramsdale clearly loves. So with all that going around in his head, right, it, it's, sort of, it's sort of understandable that he had a nervous first half an hour or so, you know? I mean, I could see it. I could see why, why he was doing it in my head, the way I read it, like I just explained to you, yeah? You know? And as for what it reminded me of, when the Brentford players started realising how nervous Ramsdale was, it reminded me of the goalkeepers towards the back end of the Wenger area when Wenger first started trying to get our defence to play out from the back. And our defenders were nowhere near good enough to do that. And and attackers do that, so they just swamped them. And half the time, we lost the ball, you know. um, And, and as for Ramsdale's dad, right, I ain't going to give an opinion on it because I've got, as much as you, Fergus, I've got lads that are grown up, you know. And if I think one of my lads has been wronged, yeah, then I'll stand He's their ground. ground. I'll stand their corner. I don't care what it means. I don't care how silly I look. I don't care how it reflects on me. If I think one of my lads has been wronged, then I'll stand his corner. Yeah. Because yeah. I love him. It's me kid. And we do that as dads. That's what we do. Yeah. So yeah. To Jay, me, Jay, he's on a loser from the, the start, Rapsell. Right? He's he on a loser from the start. Because he's got it in his head. I've done nothing wrong to get dropped in the first place. You know? And I'm gonna go out there today. I could have a blinder. But it won't be any better than I was playing before when I got dropped. So there's nothing I can do to keep me place. So his, his head's gonna have been a shed. And I New have sympathy for him. What,
3: what I would say, Trev, is that the major concern there for me wasn't him making errors because I, I don't expect any player to never make an error. But the old the old Ramsdale would have reacted to that crowd banter and give it and give it some back. And he didn't do that. And I think that shows where he's at at the minute, that I think his confidence is is shot a little bit as well. Um, And I think just, yeah, the the pressure from all sides,
0: I think has caused that drop in confidence for him. So do you know what, Dan? It's a really valid and important point you make there, right? Because I've been thinking about it lots, right? You know me, you know this old fella, I, I think about things and I go into them and I... That's the only reason I can think maybe why... Ramsdale get dropped in the first place because of his interaction with fans and because he selfly admitted that he could lose concentration at times, you know, that's the only reason I can think that Ramsdale got got dropped in the first place and it sort of nailed it down because as you said, he weren't having none of that banter, was he, you know, so yeah. maybe that's what Arteta has said to him. It's the only thing I can think of. And as for the, the crowd singing, you're just a David Ray, right? The BBC should be ashamed of themselves on Match of the Day because you forever get commentators, TV companies, pundits, apologising for hearing swearing over the TV, right? They're forever doing it. Sorry if you heard any bad language. Sorry if you heard any bad language. But during the Match of the Day highlights, which are edited and which which are seen and which are heard before they even go on air, they clearly allowed the Brentford fans to be heard singing, you're just a shit David Raya." And there's only one reason the BBC would want to do that. So the likes of Lineker and his cohorts could get their fangs into him if they wanted. It's disgraceful. The BBC. Well, even more,
3: Trev, I, did, I didn't hear that in the ground either. So it just shows that they're putting mics and turning mics up a little bit. It, it, Jeff, you it. know what? That-
1: that is that is that's a huge point. I made it before when we were at Liverpool, and people said uh, the way that Shaka when he went into that tackle that he riled up the the Anfield crowd. We were in Anfield, and it wasn't half as noisy. It looked on Sky or BT or whatever it was, and it the sounded time. very loud. Yeah, tennis, but it like wasn't the, it wasn't as loud. Yeah. And this is how they build... I've got written down here media agenda because we will talk about um, how the media... And we're talking about how the media do things, but also how some managers are dealing with, like where Arteta was pulled up with um, his uh, his comments about VAR, but Frank's as well. We'll t- we'll have a look at that a little later and how he dealt with some of the media nonsense that goes on out there. Can, so, can I
2: quickly add something yeah. before we ra- go on to the next one? So just, I mean... With Arteta, if you'd been uh, in his position, Dan, you said he um, mismanaged the situation. How would you have done it? Because, I mean, looking from his point of view, he's probably identified, okay, we need to upgrade. We've found a a keeper that we think could do a better job. And we've brought him in. And they've sort of waited a couple couple of games, four or five games, and then brought him in. Um, And, I mean, they've obviously obviously brought him in to be the number one goalkeeper i think everyone can see that but would you've just gone out and and said that from the start is that what you wanted him to do or sort of how how do you yeah, think I, he should I, have managed I, I think
3: it that's a great question right and i and i've said before and, and i'm not flip-flop flipping, not flipping on an at all i think ramsdale is probably going to be the number 2 because i think raya is the better keeper of the two but but in my opinion i think someone has to earn that position and not just be given it when they get brought into the club and and as much as i do think ramsdale's made a few mistakes the last last season towards the back end i don't think he's done enough to be dropped i agree with trev and, and what you guys have said i think coming into the season ramsdale was still number one he hasn't done enough this year to be dropped in my opinion yet so he should still be our number one although long term i still think ray should or will be the number one but what i expected him to do was to wait until maybe raya has a few cup performances and has a few outstanding performances that Ramsdale maybe makes a few mistakes and then eventually the keepers switch. And then at that point to come out and say, yes, you know, he's a, he's he's my number one. I think I understand what he's tried to do in terms of balancing both keepers and, and maybe how, not pressure in the media. But How,
1: I think, how can um, you understand? He's he's created the problem. I'm sorry. No, I, I,
3: I understand I, it in that I think he's, he's, as Alex said, he's identified an area where he feels one to 11, where can I impact the team and improve them? I think it's goalkeeper. He's Brought someone in that he thinks is better. I just feel like the man management part of that is probably something he needs to learn absolutely. a little bit more. Um,
1: absolutely, I, I don't
3: disagree with his decision to do it, right? I just think it maybe could have taken a bit more time. Um, and his message in the media was, I think, quite obviously not not the truth. Um, and that that scene doesn't come across well.
2: Mm, no, I know, well, I think that. that don't that, you think it would have been that, worse if he'd gone out and said. We've brought in Raya. He's going to be our new number one goalkeeper. Ramsdale is now our number two goalkeeper. I think
1: fans would have been even more angry. with But, but, but Alex, I, 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 don't, I don't really think it matters how it's portrayed or looked viewed on from the outside. I, I, I like Ramsdale. I can't see the, the how much better Raya is over Ramsdale and vice versa. I think okay, there are certain certain attributes that Raya has got that is better than Ramsdale and vice versa. Dan prefers Raya as a keeper but it's down to Arteta as the manager how to the, the in it's it's in the title manager how to manage these people and how he does it now we'll never know behind the scenes how he's managed this but he's clearly not explained to 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 Ramsdale why and what he's doing because Although we are reading and Sale is still being another professional and doing what he's doing in, tra- in training. But the stuff that's come out over uh, either Nick talking or stuff that people talk about in the media, we don't know how, how true it all is. But I don't think it's been handled right. If he wants to come along and go, Raya's my number one, I'm fine with that. Ramsdale, you're number two, but he should be coming along the old mm-hmm. Harry Redknapp style or pick another manager, George Graham, whatever, be it Fergie. The old people have different styles, but they're able to put their arm around or come along and sit somebody down and explain the rationale. Wenger used to do it. People will, I don't think that's been done in this case. Hang on, hang on. He wanted Raya in the first place. He wanted Raya before he wanted um, uh, Ramsdale. He got the goalkeeping coach from Brentford and went for Raya. And Raya was, signed a new contract and, and didn't come across. So we settled for Ramsdale. Twitter went mad and said we bought a crap keeper who's got relegated twice. So, you know, Twitter knows nothing. What? He actually ousted Leno. Um, and Leno, somebody put it in the comments, was you know treated a little bit that way. I didn't actually rate Leno uh, myself, um, but he he got us to the Champions League and he's done nothing wrong the whole way along. Uh, surely Arteta is one created the problem, and two should have managed the problem uh, correctly. And later we'll look at his post-match press conference, which for me I found it rude. Yes, Make it your
0: comment, and I'd like Trevor Trevor's input as well. Listen, right. Uh- what 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 brings the fans towards Ramsdale as well is that the, the fans know that Ramsdale was a massive part of the change. Ramsdale was the a massive part of getting the fans involved and getting us up into Champions League positions. It was a massive part of that. And the, the, there is an affinity with the fans. Right. And there's a question here from Hannah, right? There's a couple of questions I want to go into, Fergie, if you don't mind me taking over a little bit. Do you no, do you think no. helps Ramsdale seeing his mum and dad standing among the fans? Right. He, he, let's get something straight. Right. Every every player's family goes to games. It's just that Ramsdale's family decide they're going to come in with us fans, which is lovely. They're 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 communicative and they're friendly, and it makes you feel. It makes you as as a fan talking to them. It makes you feel closer to the team. You know, it's lovely. You a better connection. Everton away. At Everton away, Raya's family were in the, were in with the fans, with Raya Arsenal shirts on, you know. So they were in there as well, yeah? So so, does it help Ramsdale? It, it wouldn't do him any harm, I wouldn't have thought. It wouldn't have done him any harm at all, right? And this is an interesting one from James. Hang, hang on, just just
1: on, on Hannah's one, when they come running to the North Bank in the corner of the North Bank and they start doing hearts and, and, uh, and blowing kisses... As much as we like to think they're coming to us in the North Bank because it's Block Five and we have got a ginger guy with a flag and a hat and everything else, and they're coming up to say hello, Dan and and Gil and everybody else that are down there. They're not. All the players' boxes are just above our, that corner. That is the best place for the players' atmosphere and everything else. Thierry Henry's got a box up there. Bobby Perez has got a box up there, and they all that is the players' sort of area. So they are going to
0: the players there, Hannah. More so
1: that. Uh, what's that? You're not that. You you think it's for you, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Hannah thinks it's for you That's as well. <laughs> capo. they come to wave to capo they want to give him a cuddle capo, Listen, and capo. Then there's the next one from james here which 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 sort of makes a bit of sense really if you were looking at that team last season you know would you have said we need a new goalkeeper before we need a defensive midfielder or a striker not a chance not a chance and we got from we well, here well. anyway you know
3: so i was going to say we we, we got the holding midfielder the one that i think we needed was a striker and what i would say is the striker probably wasn't available for for what we wanted and i think if there was one available that we really wanted to start the season with we would have got them but i'm i'm not i'm it's not going to not going to divert away from arteta too much because i think everyone deserves to have the right to a bit of criticism as well and you can't just pick favorites and not have it diverted everyone but what i see people seem to do with arteta is that they want to criticize and jump on and, and really go at him and this is a manager that's taken us from probably one of the worst squads that he's inherited to a fantastic position now and i think people should not forget the fantastic job that he's done for such a young inexperienced manager and no different to any other player making a mistake Arteta's going to make mistakes too Absolutely. and accept that he's going to make mistakes and he's made mistakes fine but limit limit your criticism you know if it People jump on and protect Ramsdale and say, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't criticise him too much for making mistakes. I agree. He's made mistakes, criticise him a little bit, but don't go too far with it. And it's the same case with Arteta. And honestly, I see the same people making the same comments about Arteta week in, week out. And honestly, in my opinion, it's nothing more than an agenda, no more than the media and the other people have against him. I think there's something with him that because he's quite a, a confident, opinionated person with, with one direction in his thought, that people... Criticise him and want to go at him, and and I think we need to be a little bit careful with that too, because in my opinion, he's done a fantastic job, as we've seen with the stats and his his record and the, and the
2: players he's brought in as well. I mean, we're, we're criticise, some are criticising Raya now. Like, what? Why have we brought in Raya? We didn't need a new goalkeeper, but I mean, he's proved us wrong on every single player almost he's brought in.
0: So, look, I mean, look, no, right. it's it, you. You are you're so right about Arteta. And, and praising Arteta, but it's not just what goes on the pitch that has made Arteta the main man, you know. It's what he's done behind the scenes. It's the people he's got behind him. I mean, um, Unai Emery, right, we mentioned Unai Emery earlier because he, he took Villa to win over Tottenham yesterday, so we're going to mention Unai Emery. But Unai Emery had absolutely no chance at the Arsenal because he didn't choose what players he got. There were people on the take up above you know, that was saying, you will have this player, you will have that player, you will have this Chelsea reject who's not worth tuppence, you know. you will, We will pay 72 million for Pepe, who, who, who flattered to deceive at times, you know. So Arteta has done a wonderful job, a wonderful job. And when we're having this conversation, for me, I'm not criticising Arteta, right? Well, not in the slightest. But we can talk about how we see it as fans, because that's why we're on here, isn't it? That's why we're here, you know. And, and yeah. it don't matter what anyone says to me. I still don't know why Raya is playing ahead of of Ramsdale. But if 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 Arteta wants that, then Arteta gets that, and that's fine, isn't it? Because Arteta's our manager, and we support the team.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And and, and it, it, it as we've said before, when we're talking about Raya, and we're talking about different players, or we're talking about Eddie. Uh, likewise, with, with with the manager, you know, Dan's right. I heard him on my earphones. He was saying he's done some great things, um, and you know, we have to go take a, a hat off to him. I just, on this situation, I don't understand it totally. A little bit of information that I can read between the lines about. I just, I just don't think it's been dealt with well. But listen, um, we've uh, got to the stage where uh, it's just before half time. Literally forty six minutes. There must have been that in the uh, in the game. When uh, this happened, Alex, talk to me about Trossard and and this um, this goal because Dan rightly said he played number eight and he was quite deep. Yet again, he's in again, uh, and he chucks himself in. He done it against Burnley. He chucks himself yep. in, and, and <laughs> nearly gets himself get injured all
2: over again. I mean, it's it's kind of similar to the goal we actually ended up scoring uh, to win us the game. Cross from Saka um, out from from the right hand side uh, in behind the defence. And then I feel like Jesus should have scored um, from the first chance. Um, But, yeah, I mean, great job by Trossard uh, cleaning it up afterwards. And then it's just, I mean, it's just unfortunate that he's a toenail offside. Um, But, yeah, luckily it didn't end up um, costing us. But, yeah, I mean, you can see it there. It's uh, unfortunate. Um, But I I feel like Jesus should have scored... um, first of all, because uh, that was a massive chance. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just annoying. And it, it would have been perfect right before half-time, going 1-0 up, and um, it would have been a completely different game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they did well drawing the lines. Uh, can't
1: say much else. Uh, Trevor, I did well drawing the lines. <laughs> How do you draw the lines of a player who's not on the ground And you're drawing the lines off the curvature of a ball. Um, If you could zoom in on that, you'll see the dotted line is coming off the curvature of the ball. The same curvature of the ball that um, they couldn't be precise about uh, against Newcastle. I thought you'd like this one.
0: No, I'm not going to get involved in a long drawn out one on this Fergus. For me, I had no no problem with that decision. For me, he looked offside. So that was it. I thought he was a toenail offside like our Alex just said. And that was it. Game over. There's too much else going on with referees and officials and VARs for me to worry about that one, mate. Um, I just just hope that we're top of the league now, right? And we're, as a podcast, I think we need to put the Ramsdale rare thing to bed for tonight because we are bashing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But we also need to think we're top with the with the rare Ramsdale thing going on. We're top of the league, right? And we're winning at places like Brentford and we're getting robbed at places like Newcastle. We're right in it again. We're right in it again. And uh, I think we're in a much stronger place than last year. So that's what I've got in my head. I've got in my head that we can win it.
3: Trevor, I don't know about you. I I could not be happier at the minute. You know, you look at where we are as a club. We've got in the media's eyes... A manager making mistakes, a goalkeeper situation that's that's got various issues around it. We've got no striker up top that's scoring goals. We've got sixty million wasted on a player in midfield that's that's not quite fitting. We're not playing well. We haven't got in the second gear yet, but we're still top of the league. We've got exactly. so much to grow already. Exactly. And I think honestly, as fans, just let's get off yeah. their backs and let, let the media yes. do their bit. But us as fans,
1: let's just we are fans. Oh, yeah.
0: Don't forget the media as well. We've got, like I just said about match of the day doing that. They, they, they're bang out of order. And then you've got that bloody sky presenter asking the Brentford manager. If our antics. We'll do that one. We'll do that s- one. Get out of it. Get out
2: but, of it. I'm, on,
0: I'm
3: over
1: the moon. And, and i think as fans we Absolutely. should be but we, but we should listen we we're, we're we're fans and we're discussing we should be able to discuss it this is what this is what the idea is that we have a chat the, the concept is down the pub just having a chat like like we would and if we were down the pub in the old days talking about football you'd be going oh did you see such and such you read it in the paper you might't have seen it on there wasn't rolling 24-hour news. And I think that's half the reason you've got like five million people a, a, a year listen to talk sports and you've got Sky Sports and you've got BN Sports and you've got ESPN. You've got all these different channels that just pump out the Premier League and anything to do with it. So it is going to fill fill the headlines. We have done Ramsdale to death. We are now in the second half. He's playing much, much better because we know the first half was the bad half. Uh, it started off a bit tedious. Like Odegaard came close on 46 minutes. Um, Jesus, who did look knackered, uh, by the end, uh, he was substituted for Eddie, uh, on um, 65 minutes. Dan, you got a smile yeah, on your Trev, face. Uh,
3: that... have, have we annoyed uh, Fergus Trev? I think I, I think we've ruined his plan. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, you haven't. No, you haven't.
0: Um, I was thinking of oh, like Dan when we said we'd done Raya Ramsdale to death. We both thought we yeah, had the same time, didn't we? See, but. Fergus will waffle on all night when he really does. I'm them. taking that as
3: a nibble. That's that's a success
1: th- for me. I've got a it, it's, it's, there's no nibbles. No nibbles been had uh, in Essex today. So, yeah,
0: um, so listen, you mentioned all those media outlets just now, right? You must have. I was impressed because you must have rolled off about ten different media outlets, but nine nine out of ten of their media outlets have got one thing in common. I've got one thing in common. They love for some reason. I don't know why. But they love having a dig at the Arsenal. They love having a dig at the Arsenal, and it will give me great pleasure at the end of the season when we win the league. Watching these media outlets have to heap us with praise and say how well we've done because they'll be gutted they've got to do it because they don't like the Arsenal. It's always been the same. It's always been the same, and I don't care. And I'm with you, Dan. We are in a great place now. We are in a better place than last year. Our major challengers in Man City, right, are looking fallible right that has got to be a good thing they're not looking as solid as last season we're in it to win it boys and and balls to everyone else i don't care about anyone or anything else i'm just going to scream the other every week every week for the arsenal for the arsenal the media can do one you know whoever he picks in go i don't care you know we're we're right in it we're right in
1: it and you know, Trev, you are you are right. Like Man City are, are are looking a bit more fallible, but they did last year look, look the same. We're thirteen games in. We're top of the league. The same position that we were in this time at this point last season as well. So there, there's a lot of football still to be played. Um, in the in this game, uh, we had Eddie. Um, that was uh, came on for Jesus. Did you Jesus. think it was the right time? Did you? Uh,
3: right, I, I don't want to. I don't want to keep cutting you off because I'm getting away from you, your plan. But honestly, that there's a big, big point here. You said about where we are this year to last year. I think there's a big, big difference in that. Last year, we knew City were going to get better and have a good running, and they'll probably do the same this year. The difference was last year, I couldn't see where we could improve because we was already fantastic. This year, I think we can go to the next level with them and really push them all away. The
1: I agree, but I also think right. that that we we need we we need a we need to get a striker in there and, and to add to that team, um, and, and probably a replacement for party because I think party may part us in January as well. And if we do get a replacement for party in there, uh, that we be really good. Alex, since you behaved yourself, I'll, I'll bring the question to you then. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I'm was it time for it all in? Him? Was it time for him to come off? Uh, I think
2: considering that he's just come uh back from injury and played 90 minutes uh, a couple of days before for Brazil, I think it was planned before before the game that he was gonna go off uh at around 60, 65 minutes. So um I mean, yeah, I, I can understand why I brought him off. And I, I think actually Eddie did quite well when he when he came in. He brought new energy um and sort of a more presence inside inside the box. Um I can't remember when. When was that chance where he sort of got on goal and he should have passed, um, passed it off. Yeah, yeah, he should I have passed short, it over to yeah. Saka, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a massive chance, and that's where he just needs uh, a bit more composure. Uh, is sort of outside the box or uh, with his passing? Um, that's that's where he lacks a bit compared to Jesus. Uh, yeah, but in, I think in, he had in a, the
1: box. In the box. Yeah, in natural, the box. Isn't
2: he? Exactly. Yeah. In the box, he's a brilliant finisher. Um, got the composure, but uh, he he just lacks that a bit when he when he gets through on a, a, a chance like that. But um, I think he he had a decent little uh, cameo when he came on, um, and I don't know there was something about our structure structure um, which improved a bit when he came on, and with Haberts as well, uh, I think was a bit better. Um, so I don't I think he had an all, all right performance when he when he came on, um, just. Going back to what you said earlier um, and how we're doing this season, I think the only worry I've got, because I agree, I, I think we could do much better, uh, especially offensively. My only worry is uh, if Saliba gets gets injured, because then I feel like we haven't really improved much compared to last season. I mean, we've got Timber, but he's, um, of course, injured. I don't know how, when he'll be back, but it's, it's still going to be Kivio coming on uh, like last season.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think Timber is going to be out for the, the season. There was rumours of January and, and March, but I think it's been set back. You're looking at April at, at least. Um, uh, Brentford made a couple of substitutions. It, um, uh, they had, Well, the first real shot on target was y- Yarmolenko. who shot it straight at um, Ramsdale's face, and, and Ramsdale done a good save to get that one because it was swirling in the air. Uh, Mopai and Baptiste replacing Yarmolenko and Visa. Um, and then there was this incident here, that go-go gadget legs for Zinchenko. Uh, Trev, how could the passion this fella plays with, he plays like one of us on the pitch, but this interception is just unreal.
0: Yeah, it's just, oh, I think Ramsdale would have saved it, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think Ramsdale would have saved it, <laughs> that's why he's <laughs> um, no, it's... it's Zinchenko, it's not often you see Zinchenko that deep in, in, in defence, is it? He's normally still up the field a bit. We we did look. We did we did we ride our luck, or did we read a game well? Because Declan Rice, when he dropped back to the line earlier in the first half, knew what he was going there to do, and Zinchenko did the did the same there. So I'm not saying we got lucky. I'm saying that we got defenders that read the ball really well, you know, and. and uh, They they knew where they needed to be and they were in the right place at the right time, so yeah, that's for me. That's great work from Zinchenko. Great great reading of a game. He saw what might happen, got back, and made the clearance. Are we talking about that yet? Sixty million. We we are, we are. The the,
1: the point that you were talking about um, with Eddie was eighty-six minutes in, where he should have passed the ball to to yeah uh, to Saka, and just after that. um Havertz. He would come on at the 79th minute for Martinelli. Um and he was a substitute uh um substitute that made an impact and scored a goal and took us to three points away from the Gtech stadium. Alex talk us through this and how how impactful have subs been for Arteta? I mean
2: very um very impactful. I think uh Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the 10th time this season that a substitute has come on and scored a goal for us, which is uh, the most of any in the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, what a beautiful moment for Havertz as well. Uh, second goal of the season and his uh, first from open play. I mean, it was it was a bit of a weird one when he got that penalty given. Um, so it was, I mean, it was brilliant to see him score this goal, which was so important as well. Last minute winner um and i really just hope that he can sort of kick on from here we can't expect him to sort of score loads and loads of goals because he's not going to do that in in that position he plays but i mean if he can if he, if he can add a bit more goals um to what he's already doing right now which is performing all right i think he can be a good player and important for us this season um i i think in games like this where teams are going to double up on us and be very compact with eight nine men defending in the box. I think this is sort of a kind of a plan B uh, that we can resort to to going to with crosses to the back post, uh, which was really effective. I'm surprised we haven't um, had more success with it this season because we've tried a, a lot this season. Um, so it's good. It finally worked. Um, and yeah, just so important,
1: that goal. Dan, was this... Uh, Habert's gone. Can't hear you, Dan. Can't hear you. Come on, sing up, Dan.
3: I don't know I think at that point I had elbows in ribs and round everything I couldn't even <laughs> see it. so, um, it's interesting because honestly like I think this scenario is the reason why we bought Kai Havertz in that we've got a player that's got a very very different characteristic to any others and he's got that about his profile as a player where he is better in the air he can hold the ball up from his back to goal but can also do the more technical stuff a bit deeper and I think that's where you'll see him flourish um, when we need to. You know, we've, we've said about needing a striker. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to replace the needed for a striker, but if when we play against a low block, we've got a player like Havertz that can that can score a goal in the air, it takes a lot of pressure off of our transfer market needs, in my opinion. But, I mean, I was standing next to Lyle and Kirk at that point, and sort of me me and Kirk had said to each other, what can we do to change the game? We were sitting there thinking about Kai Havertz, and we said about Kai. Um we Said about bringing him on, but honestly, I didn't expect him to come on for of Martinelli. And when Martinelli's uh sort of number went up, I was a bit surprised. Um, but yeah. then that shows what we know, and that's why we're not the boss, right? So mm. credit where it's due, Trev, big impact. Trev,
1: uh, good at playing with his back against uh, the goal, up in the air, tall. Some yeah. Frenchman was a bit like that.
0: Could, yeah. could he be our uh, Giroud? He's, who knows, Ferg, who knows? It's, it, I just, as Dan said it just now, I'd written it down, you know. But, but Before I talk about Averts, we've got to remind ourselves what, what a ball that was in from Saka. You know, mm. they can double-team Saka all game if they want. If he's going to get one ball in the box like that, we're going to score a goal. That was a fantastic cross from Saka. But going back to the Averts thing, it can be that option B that we spoke about earlier. He can. He's, he's a different stature to anything else we've got. He's a bigger lad. He he showed in the goal against Brentford that he can get deep into the box and get himself in the right positions. Maybe this goal is what he needed to kick him off. I, I think in, if you could look at this goal as it as putting him, in, you know, possibly putting him under more pressure because now we're all expecting. You know, we've seen what he can do and we're all expecting of it. I hope that's not the case, but I hope he just scored that goal now, and I hope it's lifted the load on the on yeah. the lad's shoulders. And he's away now, and, he, and he, we need goals from him. We need goals from a player. And Dan's exactly right what he said just now. It can be that other option without a doubt. Havertz can. He's, di- he's got a different shape and stature to anything else we've got, and I really hope he kicks on now and scores a few important goals for us. Just so, um, a question uh,
3: for Alex. I you asked this question to him at the start, um, Ferg. And he said about what positives were there from the international break. How many did Herbert score? Guy, how many goals did he score for Germany? Was it one or two? I can't remember. I know he scored a goal. It was at least
2: one.
1: Yeah, Yeah, at least one. He got man of the match in the first in the first game, and uh, I know he's playing left back uh, in in both games, which you know. It, that's got to be a left wing back or an inverted left back, like was it? It wasn't Zini a, it wasn't a
2: traditional. It, he, yeah. he didn't really play as a traditional one. But yeah, well, could I mean, that, did, could that have helped him boost his confidence? Yeah, definitely, well? definitely. I mean, just getting getting in the goals every now and then, uh, playing well, it, it must boost his confidence. I think. I mean, you could see it after the game. He he feels the support of the fans as well. He knows that the fans are behind him. I mean, you could see the scenes after the game the fans singing his name, the tune, he must feel the support from, from the real fans that go there. So I think he knows that we're all behind him. And I think gradually he, he'll just become an important player for us this season because he's got that ability to change the game and he is different to what else we've got offensively.
1: Mm. Ben's uh, Ben's right that, in saying that you know a lot of fans have gotten his back and judged him too much, and he's actually better. Um, he like when you go and watch a game of football, and I'm not I'm not saying you know everyone gets the opportunity to go and watch watch live football because wherever they are in the world financially or just can't get tickets because of a ballot or I haven't got a season ticket, but you do see football in a very very different light, uh, and you do see what players do when they're not in the camera uh, camera frame. And Kai Havertz does do quite an awful lot of work off the ball, as does uh, Gabriel uh, Gabriel Jesus and so on. Um,
3: Ferg, when have you you ever seen live what he does on the pitch? you just the same as I have, mate. We can't see the
1: pitch. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm okay. I'm Seville. To be honest, you heard me groaning at Seville, and that was because of Declan Rice three or four times. Made a a grown man groan, I tell you. And that was out of pure delight. he was good. He was good. Um, listen, uh, if we go in to look at the this game, uh, Arsenal have 17 matches, 12 wins, 5 draws in London derbies. So, you know, that is a record. Uh, it's ongoing from, from last season as well. So, it's a fantastic uh, record that we have. The stats on this game here, uh, we had 64% possession. Brentford really had one, that one I talked about, one shot on target. Um, they had the other ones that, uh, you know, were intercepted by... Um, Zinni and, and so on, but one speculative shot on target. Brentford came out to do a job on us. Frank said it uh, in his interview afterwards, uh, and we'll talk with that about celebrating goals and so on, but he came along and said they had done such hard work on concentrating, stopping the two be- two of the best wingers in the w- in the league and in the world, They said, and they came unstuck at the very end. And, you know, he was quite complimentary. But you mentioned it earlier before, uh, our defensive record. uh, Goals conceded were first. We've only conceded 10. Expected goals against us, uh, 9.3, which is the lowest amount. We've faced the second highest number of shots. So it's not like, uh, you know, people aren't coming at us. And clean sheets, uh, five clean sheets, which is the best, and shots on target, 29. So we've had more shots at our keepers, whoever may be in goal, um, and I think it's uh, well it's done. it's probably second lowest um uh, shots
2: faced, isn't it?
3: I think it might be the opposite way around, yeah. It's
2: second lowest, is it?
3: I think that's yeah, probably think. more sort of how defence is at keeping shots away from a goal. Because if you yeah. remember on the I think it was under runai we had at one point... <laughs> stop one it,
4: Trevor.
3: We had um we had a ridiculous number of shots coming out our goal,
1: game in, game out under the Runei.
4: Trevor's Trevor,
2: Sorry,
1: well. I I
0: behave. I've just made a puddle on the floor here. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> That's your age. That's Focus your age.
0: Again. Focus on it again. But uh, you can shove the stats out the window, right? the are going to shove it else, then. The simple <laughs> facts are that Brentford are a classy outfit at home, right? They don't lose to Liverpool. They don't lose to Man City. They don't lose to Man United. They've lost three games at home in the last 18 months and two of them, again, been against the Arsenal. Brentford are a classy outfit at home and they did—they came a cropper against the Arsenal at the weekend. That's the end of it. That shows how good we are. And also the fact that the goal came so late in the game showed how persistent we are. Yeah? We are, we're bang on it. We're going back to what Dan said just now. We are bang on it this year and we have got room for improvement and we've got a transfer window coming up in January. It's it's looking really good. And something just now, right, that, that Lyle said, right, and it, it, it's worth saying, and it has to be said, right, three or four seasons ago, the way the Arsenal fans were feeling, the mood we were in, the protests we had to have, yeah, they wouldn't have stayed behind Havertz this long. There'd have been ums and ours and oohs and ours. The fan base have got to take a massive credit for where this club are now. And a prime example of that, right, prime example of that is the fact that they cry out Avatsy's name. He, ain't, he hadn't scored a goal in open play until the weekend, yet still they sing his name and sing his name and sing his name and lift him. So the, the Lyle is exactly right. A massive shout out to our, our fan, what our fans do. Fantastic. Superb.
1: You know, I said that we were done with the Ramsdale uh, situation. We're not, because uh, after the game, uh, Mikel Teta uh, was asked about Ramsdale and, and the flack he got uh, in the stadium. This was his response, um, and I'm just interested to have maybe one or two lines each on what you thought about it. Not a big, big debate about it, but what you thought. I'm just going to play
4: it.
3: Yeah, Dan. start for Aaron, what did you make of the way you turned
0: that round at this second?
4: I don't know. This is football, you know. I'm so happy with the team, the way the team performed. We kept a clean sheet, and and we move on. So happy.
0: Harry, no. no I was just going to say that he obviously had a lot of backing from fans, um, you know, from the Brentford fans. And but he seemed to come get better as the game went on. I mean, that's what he wanted, really.
4: Courage, and and he has big courage, big personality, and that's why we love him. Yes, sir. I'm just
1: going to say, just on on Aaron. Uh,
4: we have answered that question.
3: No, just at the end, a lot of the players ran over to Aaron because he got a ball at the end and they were around him, you know, congratulating
4: him and, you know, showing the sort of team spirit that you've got. It's a joy as a manager to watch this reaction of the players looking after themselves, encouraging each other, showing love to each other. It doesn't get any better than that. Today's my 200 games, and when I see a team that behaves between them like that and I see the staff and the smileys, apart from them, that doesn't smile too much. Uh, When you ask the same questions, uh, (laughs) I'm so happy. I cannot be prouder and and more grateful for everybody that uh, was with us every single day to make my my job so enjoyable. Trev, uh, one line of what you think.
0: The media get paid for asking that crap, right? The media, one more line. When Raya was making mistakes, Arteta went out and said, he makes them mistakes because that's the way I want the team to play. That's the way I want him to play. He could have said exactly the same for our test, for Ramsdale at the weekend. That is the way I tell my goalkeepers to play. But he didn't, Alex, off the stupidity of the press.
1: Alex, I know we're running low on time as
2: well. I'm tired of these questions, and he didn't want to say too much after that performance. Dan, can you keep it to one
3: sentence? I can. I think the media are creating something out of nothing. He's praised Ramsdale,
1: he's praised the team, and I'd say Arteta, you're spot on. Right, so on the other hand, you had the other manager, uh, Thomas Franks, questioned and how he dealt with this, I think, is impeccable. And for the very reason what you just said there, Dan, about the way the media do things. I think they're a little
3: too emotional. Do you see that as something that you can
1: do? Arsenal as a club? Yeah, or
2: not just a team, you know, it's on the sideline and
1: Whenever they score a goal, it seems like they won the World Cup kind of thing, <laughs> is, it, is it kind of, is that something you can
2: explore? Yeah, but, I'm, no, yeah, but I'm a little bit, it's, it's classic, isn't it? Then, then there's some uh, coaches or
0: players that are not celebrating when they're scoring a goal. What is that? You're doing the most difficult thing in football, you're scoring a goal. You should celebrate. And if you score a last-minute winner against any team, and we know how difficult it is to win in Premier League, you should celebrate. I, I I'm believer of that. I like that. It's infuriating. It's that I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans, or not a lot of Arsenal fans, a few Arsenal fans that have been around a long, long time. And those Arsenal fans are privileged enough to know some of these press people. And even they were disgusted with that question there to Franks. Arsenal celebrating scoring a goal like they won the World Cup. Which every team celebrates. Tottenham beat Liverpool in the last minute, right? A Liverpool team that had nine men, and the Tottenham players were bringing their kids on the field after the game. You don't see the press highlighting that. As I said earlier, boys, they've got an issue with the Arsenal doing well. And all I say is, I hope that issue lasts. And at the end of the season, if we win it, and all these people in the press want these specials from Arsenal, and a, a special quote from Arteta, and a special quote from Edu, I hope that all the Arsenal players and all the Arsenal backroom staff and the manager, the coach, look at them press, remember what's going on and go, fuck off.
1: Alex, um we play Lons on Wednesday night in the Champions League. Uh, a Point gets us qualification, win it, and then we top the group. And you guys will just get drunk in, in Eindhoven instead. Well, you are got to get drunk in Eindhoven anyway, I think. Uh, well, these two are. Um And uh who do, who do you start? You don't drink, never, no, hardly ever. touch stuff, you. yeah. So, so, um, briefly, what sort of lineup? Havertz has got to start. European football suits him. Yeah, I think, um I think you should start Havertz
2: and sort of build on that momentum he, he gained from the Brentford game, and uh, then just go go with a strong lineup. Um, uh, I think maybe Jesus might be rested because, yeah, still. Just come back from injury, uh international break and that stuff. But I mean, go with our strongest lineup. Uh we need that one point and then we can we can play uh sort of more fringe players and, and the younger players against PSV. Um it's important that we get that one point and it's important that we top our group. So hopefully we just I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll go with the strongest lineup. Um and I think that's what we're gonna see on on Wednesday.
1: Hmm. Trev, you mentioned about topping the group how important it was that you didn't want to go to uh, eindhoven wanting a, even a point at eindhoven um you're on mute by the way mate um so you know what are you hoping for on Wednesday I know you're
0: not going to be able to down be down for this game but so, I'll put myself on mute on purpose because i'm I'm sorry I just swore then but I'm infuriated. <laughs> you know and I'm sorry I'll get angry people but I'll get angry because I'm an arsenal fan and if you insult my club or well, go for my club, I'm coming back at you. I may be on a little podcast, but I'm on a podcast with proper Arsenal fans. And if you come near my club, I'm going to go back at you. I don't care what hour I sound or what I look like, you know. As for the game, yeah, we've got to win the game against Lons. I can't come down again. Um, And then we can go to Eindhoven, as the lads just said, play a a younger side if we have to, or maybe a different side, and uh, enjoy the trip with nothing hanging over us.
1: Dan, it's a difficult sort of um, a week that we've got ahead. Really, we got Lons uh, at eight o'clock on Wednesday, then we have Wolves three o'clock, and then we go away to Luton. Which, you know, okay, Luton aren't the best side in the world, but it's a difficult pitch and a difficult place to play at. Uh, a, a win on Wednesday is imperative. Uh, who would you be, would you be changing the lineup much?
3: Yeah, not too not too many really. I think I agree that maybe Jesus, having just come back, we wouldn't start him twice in a week. Um, Edgar had a knock and has just come back in, so depend on how his condition is. But other than that, I'd probably go as strong as you can without unnecessarily risking a couple of players. Um, we've got a good chance to build momentum and score a few goals in this game, and also pay back some of them nasty little fans from uh, over there. So I'd like a nice five-nil win. <laughs> it,
2: it,
1: it would be nice. And then Wolves, Wolves on Saturday, traditional three o'clock kickoff. Uh, always good to, to have um, have a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, Trev, you're down for that one, and uh, we've got the table booked. Um, actually, I, I need to do that tonight. We've got the table booked. Yeah. So we have. It's, it,
0: it, it, it's booked. I just need I to confirm it. Perfect. That's all. All oh, right. So we haven't got it booked yet. Then. So you need to confirm it. Then. <laughs> Listen, it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't
1: be a podcast uh, without a bit of this. Uh... Can't wait. Can't wait. I'll tell you, it does feel such a long time, especially because we had Newcastle away beforehand. The international, well, we had the Seville game, which I wasn't well at. I didn't go to the Burnley game. So it feels like forever since I was, um, I was at the stadium. So yeah, really looking forward. Guys, um, We've done it again. We've overran, but we always do, don't we? I always say it's an hour, boys. It's an hour. Here we are, an hour and 17 minutes. Lots of you have stuck with us the whole way through. I really do thank you. Lots of comments. Uh, it's been really good. Make sure you do, if you're listening on audio or if you're on Facebook watching this, and the majority of you are actually on YouTube, which is really, really good, make sure you click on the like, click on the uh, follow and subscribe, and click the little bell so you get notified when when we come up. Alex, uh, you're off to work or college or whatever it is now. Uh, yeah, gotta do some uh, some uni stuff, okay? Fine, well, you get on and do your work because, like, you know, we, we, we need to teach you guys,
0: I have a go
1: and I'll have that yeah. repeating yeah, in my I head. I was just gonna say, you, 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 you're trying to study something, and you go 60 million no, no down yeah. So how much was the economy in deficit? 60 million. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah. Thank you, Trev. Thank you, you're welcome, Alex. Uh, you're welcome,
1: uh, Trevor. Um, we will see you on Saturday, as I said. table will be booked uh, and you will be able to moan and groan as
0: usual uh, the thing, and the most important know, thing, man. you know is I case you take that back. you never hear me moaning that woodbine never ever. The only no, moan you, know. you hear, we ever hear in that woodbine is when you have to get your wallet out and buy a beer it's the only time <laughs> we hear a moan
1: big question <laughs> for you dan uh, do we have do we have cap bag?
3: I have to wait and see. That's when I've ever Ah, yeah. Right.
2: Ooh, ooh, he's dragging ooh. it out. Of oh, yeah. course, he's she's gotta back.
0: He's got to be back. What, Cap. If capo ain't back, I'm standing in the middle of that area outside block five. I'll give it some I'll money. tell you what,
3: I'm not back then. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's
3: never coming back. You've seen it here live. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him any by uh,
1: my Trev. Yeah, chicken a lady now, chicken oh. a lady. <laughs>